Hi, I'm Dr. Franchel Hamilton, founder of A Better Way Center and co-founder of Seven Dimensions. I am a bariatric surgeon, an obesity medicine physician, a wellness doctor, a Christian, a wife, a mother, and a woman of color. I am also your host, and you are listening to the podcast, Your Life Transformed, a journey to becoming a better you. This started with my study of obesity, which not only included surgery options, medications, and diets, but quickly turned into psychology, emotions, everyday habits, living life, learning how to love yourself. I quickly learned that this was not just for my patients, but this could be applied to myself and to everyone. So I started this podcast in order to be able to buy time time that I feel like I've lost in this ever-changing healthcare world with my patients, time that I would like to communicate to them and educate them, not just about medications and diets and surgeries, but about life and how to live their best life. So join me as we talk about not only clinically-based medicine, many questions that you guys have about weight loss and wellness, but also about other things that just are recommended to be able to live your best life. So join me on this journey to being a better you on the podcast, Your Life Transformed. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the podcast, Your Life Transformed, the journey to becoming a better you. We are going to continue with kind of weight loss and wellness topics. And like I said, we'll end up kind of switching it up throughout. Um, But today, episode six, we are going to talk about um, alternate fasting. So this came up because there's a lot of people who ask me, what do you think about fasting? And there's different types of fast. And even in our meetings, we go to the results are kind of mixed as far as which fasting method is better. Is fasting even a good idea? Um, And the reason why I think this is important to kind of talk about is because when patients come in or not even, you don't have to be a patient, when you're considering weight loss or weight maintenance or just better metabolic health, um, most people consider some type of fast or cleanse. Um, And the question is, which fasting method or cleansing method is going to be the best? So we will talk about some of the options here. And again, this podcast will have um, medical-based evidence. So this podcast will be a combination of clinical and actual journal-based or medical-based evidence. We will be um, referring to JAMA, internal medicine article, um, effect of alternative day fasting on weight loss, weight maintenance, and cardio protection. Um, This was a randomized clinical trial, which is one of the best types of clinical trials. We will also be talking about the prolon. So this actually comes from published research data. So usually when you go into a doctor's office, whether it's to see your PCP, a wellness, or a weight loss, 
one of the first um, line therapies for medical problems in general um, is usually some type of weight loss or rate restriction. Obviously, this is a problem in the United States and other countries nowadays is just our weight affecting so many aspects of us and not just medical, right? We talked about um, mental and behavioral and environment and other things in other podcasts, but one of the first things that people do typically is say, oh, restrict calories. And so one of the things is how do you do that? Should I fast? Should I, I mean, just do a cleanse and then kind of start up again? So let's talk about a different couple different methods. So some of the more popular ones that are out there are um, alternate day fasting. And this has become increasingly popular, but there has been no actual long-term randomized clinical trials on that until this particular paper came out a couple years ago. But um, so we're going to talk about alternate day fasting versus just kind of daily calorie restriction. And then at the end, I also want to talk about cleanses, right? I, I, everybody, I feel like, does a week cleanse or a two-week cleanse and We'll talk about some of the effects on that and if that's good or, or not good. Um, and then kind of what I do in my office. So to kind of compare alternate day. So what is let's let's go through definitions. So the alternate day is one day we eat pretty much as much as we want to eat. The next day we eat very little, very calorie restricted. So that's alternate day. And then there's a different varieties of alternate day. I've heard people will go three days and eat whatever they want and one day super calorie restricting and then three days. And I've heard that done the opposite way um, or some there are different methods to that. You can go two days, two days on, one day off, two days off, one day on, et cetera, et cetera. That's alternate day, whichever way you decide to choose. The other method is going to be just a low-calorie diet, right? And on our previous podcast, we talked about low-fat diets, low-keto diets. So this is purely talking about calories and just kind of daily calorie restriction. So let's kind of um, go based on some of the data. So just to say, when I've gone to some of the conferences, whether it's for ASMBS, which is surgical weight loss um, conference or obesity medicine, which is the internal medicine conference. And, and I've been to both. I'm members in both. I'm boarded in both. Um, they've talked about kind of which is the best. And honestly, the jury was out even in the conferences. And so it's difficult as a physician to be able to kind of counsel your patients on which one is best when there's no clear studies. There's been studies looking at both that showed benefit to both but nothing really long-term. So in kind of dissecting this out a little bit further, kind of just comparing those two, um, alternate day fasting um, showed actually a to be less adherent. And this is long-term. So we're talking about like six months. We're not talking about a two or three month. I think a lot of people can do stuff for two or three months. We're talking about, can this be my lifestyle if I do alternate day or if I just do kind of a lower calorie? So alternate day fasting versus the just daily calorie restriction, they have shown that people can't do alternate day long term. And the study in this paper that I was talking to you guys about 
the partic- several participants dropped out because they just couldn't stick with the diet. So um, they had low calorie or restricted calorie days and they had feast days. And on the alternate day fasting group, many people on the low calorie days ate more than what they were supposed to eat. But yet on the feast days, they ate less than they were supposed to eat. Um, and versus the calorie restriction or the just the daily restriction diet, calorie restriction diet, people were a little bit more of a steady state, um, surprisingly. Because most people, the reason why they came out with this alternate day fasting is because people were having difficulty keeping to a low calorie, right? But I think people go to an extreme and instead of doing lesser or fewer calories, they go to a very low calorie diet, which is like less than a thousand calories or 500 calories, depending on your body type. And that's way too restricted. So I think the reason why big picture patients aren't able to keep to a lower calorie diet, and this is non-surgical patients, it's because the calorie restriction is just too much. They need to do a little kind of a little bit something more, more reasonable. Um, and so between the two though, there was actually no difference in weight loss, whether you just did calorie restriction or alternate, alternate day, they obviously lost more weight than the control and the control group did nothing, right? So if you're not going to do anything, of course, compared to the control, you have lost more weight when you're fasting, whether it's alternate day or whether it's um, in general low calorie, but um, between those two groups, there was no weight loss difference. Um, And again, the lower calorie had more longer term adherence, and this is long term over the six months. I think it was harder initially, like the first week or two for people to do the low calorie than it was the alternate date. but long-term, people actually were able to adhere to the overall lower-calorie-restricted diet. As far as cardiovascular or metabolic markers, and those include insulin levels, glucose, fasting glucose, which even in layman terms, a lot of you guys know what that is, your different cholesterols, remember there's three, triglycerides, HDL, and LDL. The people in the alternate day was noted to have higher cholesterol levels than the people in the lower um, calorie um, and even higher than the control. And that may be because on the feast days, they had a tendency to eat bad. So not just more calories, but just eat bad. So that's why you got to be careful. And even for the physicians that are listening, when you prescribe these restrictions, you got to be very specific because you can't go from, I'm going to eat soup and celery sticks And then the next day people are starving, so they just eat nachos and burgers and whatever they want to eat. That's that's not necessarily the best way either. Um, Obviously, the big picture is to have a steady state um, with healthier foods, you know, and that's kind of what I think a lot of physicians and people are trying to go to. So big picture between alternate day and lower calorie the big difference is to kind of recap um, alternate day long term shorter term higher adherence long term lower adherence they did show weight loss 
increased in cholesterol in that group, um, but otherwise no differences in any of the other metabolic markers. Um, and in general, people didn't really prescribe to the actual regimen. And then they showed it also depended on the type of person too. So this is where genetics and people's own body kind of come into account. Some people that's a better option for them versus the just overall restricted calorie diet had a lower short-term adherence. It was more difficult initially, but longer term, it had a higher adherence rate. They also showed weight loss, not any more or less than the alternative day, but more so than the people who've done nothing. And it showed no difference outside of the weight loss results in all the metabolic markers. So going to a lower calorie didn't per se make a difference. It was the weight loss that made a difference in some of those um, cholesterol and, meta and metabolic markers. So no, no, otherwise no change in those markers with the low calorie diet. So if I had to pick one between those two, I would probably, after reading the research, pick the just in general lower calorie. Now, I wouldn't say very low calorie because realistically people can't do that one long term, right? That's a little bit too strict, but I would do um, and there's different ways to te test your calorie or metabolic needs, and uh, we've kind of touched on this, but you can do metabolic rate testing. That's what that does. It tests your resting energy expenditure, which means when I'm just breathing and sitting down, how many calories do I burn? Doesn't include the active calories, which you have to take into account, exercise and all this other stuff, but I would just in general set your if you are looking to kind of get more healthier, whether it's to lose weight or to improve medical problems or just feeling better outside of the plant-based diet that we talked about last week and with intermittent red meat and other meats, you can have meats. It was specifically don't overdo it on red meat, but outside of the plant-based diet, just in general, lower the overall calories. So if the normal adult say, for a female is 2000 sometimes 2500 for a male it just depends again on body habitus right there's so many things to take into account with that but it will make it easy if you're used to doing 2000 calories a day don't go to 500 like that's a very low calorie and that's way too low and you will not be able to sustain that long term go to 1500 and just see how that does and there has been some proof that there is some shrinkage of the stomach so the less you take in eventually your body will adjust and you necessarily won't need or want more calories. Part of that too is other markers going into place, right? Your body shuts down some of the hunger hormones, et cetera, et cetera, and, and, and you start kind of making other adjustments, not just in stomach size, but in hormones that are being released by the, by the gut and communicating with the brain when you just take in a lower calorie. But I, would do, I wouldn't do these dramatic swings. That's why, and I tell my patients this all the time, that's why diets don't work. Don't do these dramatic swings. Just do a little bit at a time. So if you're at 2,000 calories, take it down to 1,500 and then see how your body adjusts to that and then move on from there. My only concern with alternate day fasting is that on the low calorie days, it's potentially too low. And so on the feast days, you, they, you eat bad. You, that's my concern um, and this is not in the literature per se, you know, there's been some studies that have shown that, 
but this is just my personal clinical opinion. Um, you eat too little on the on the low days. So on the feast days, and depending on how many you give yourself, you just overdo it and you you eat bad. The choices that you make are bad. So that's why that's not a, I don't think that's going to be a good option. So that's about fasting. So hopefully you've been educated on that and then you choose what you think is going to be the best option for you based on this literature and the research. And then also talk to your doctor about it. And again, um, send us requests through the Facebook pages, A Better Way Center Facebook page, anything that you guys want to hear, email or on the website. Um, so let's talk about kind of cleanses. So what do I feel about cleanses? So I think there are some cleanses that are good and I think some are not good. A lot of the commercial cleanses that you guys see on the website or online, many of them are not good. So you just have to be careful as to what you choose and don't spend your money on something and expect these great results. So the only one that has been FDA approved and has actual clinical medical evidence-based data to support it is the Prolon Fasting Mimicking Diet. That's P-R-O-L-O-N. Um, that's the only one that has shown to actually make any difference at a cellular level. So not only will you lose weight, um, but you also change the way your cells respond. And there's not a lot of diets out there online that can do that. So that's going to be the only one that I am personally as an MD, gonna, a weight loss MD, going to stand behind because it's FDA approved. It's been through several testing and it has lots of data to kind of back it up. You can get that on the website, A Better Way Center at our Get Healthy store. Um, get healthy store slash a better way center or contact Prolon. We usually give kind of a discounted rate for our listeners or our members um, through the get healthy, a better way center slash a better way center store. But also just to kind of let you know, it's five days and everything is prepackaged in the five days. You have to get it from a provider. So a doctor, cause it's FDA approved, or you probably can get it directly from them. If you call them or Google or go online and get them um, and it's a series of and I've done it several times. I've done it to reduce inflammation in my body. And plus, I wanted to try it before I started promoting it or trying it on my patients like they give you all this literature and I've read that. But then I always like I'll always tell my my staff and my patients, I'm like a guinea pig. I try everything before I even offer it because I want to know if it's legit or not. So I tried it because I have really bad allergies and I feel like different things kind of trigger my allergies, including food, which I don't know if we've talked about on a podcast yet, but um, different foods can trigger bad allergies. So get rid of the foods that causes inflammation in your body. But anyways, um, and so I kind of did the Prolon to kind of reset. They recommend doing five days each month for three months initially and then like a boost. So I've done that. I did the three months last year and then I did another boost. So I used to make my patient, my pre-op patients, instead of doing a two week liquid diet, which is common among weight loss surgeons to kind of shrink the liver, shrink all the inflammation on the inside to make for a better surgery. I started having them do the Prolon and they lost double digits. 
I mean, it obviously depends on how much you have to lose also. But in five days, a lot of my patients lost double digits. They felt better and they overall did better. There are studies to show after a surgery, you heal better if you do the prolon because it induces stem cells and helps regeneration of cells, which helps with healing. So I had a patient that was suffering from diarrhea, just kind of GI symptoms. So if you have irritable bowel syndrome, IBD, any of the IBD syndromes, which is inflammatory bowel disease, or actually anything. I mean, diabetes, cholesterol, I've seen major changes with the Prolon diet. And I'm not just trying to promote it. I mean, I don't get anything out of it. I just, as a doctor, this is what I prescribe and this is what I recommend for patients because I've seen it work. And I have patients who can probably vouch for it. I have had patients with bowel problems and I was like, let's just try the Prolon before we do antibiotics and do all this other testing. Try to pull the Prolon to kind of cleanse your system out come back, you know, in a couple of weeks and let's see how things are, are. and they, ha it has gone away, gone away. People have had weird rashes from who knows, some inflammatory process that they got either from food or environment or chemical or whatever else. And the Prolon has truly um, been a reset for a lot of patients, whether you're struggling with severe arthritis, any immune disease. So that would be rheumatoid arthritis, the inflammatory bowel diseases. I mean, it's really been shown to really kind of help turn over some of those cells and reset that so people can feel better and live live happier and become better. And they're now doing a trial as far as cancer too, using the Prolon diet along with the cancer treatment to help improve outcomes with cancer treatment. So this is a real thing. That's the only cleanse that I will stand behind. Again, it's the Prolon diet, it's five days, and I think it's totally worth it. Um, the other things that people have done, I did a two-week liquid diet, and it would be meal replacements, right, with protein um, and all the vitamins versus just a protein supplement. There's a difference between meal replacements and just protein supplements. I've done two weeks of um, meal replacements with a sensible dinner, which means a, um, a chicken breast and a vegetable you know, something like that. Uh, and I still do that. I still give them that, th that option to my patients if they don't want to do the Prolon. Um, and that has shown some results, again, not as significant as the Prolon. I mean, the Prolon even changes appetite. People who will be starving, it somehow resets that. And they're like, no, I, they don't even have a taste for certain foods. It's the only thing that, and I'm a surgeon, that I can say compares with potentially a bariatric surgery. Mind you, you don't lose the amount of weight as a bariatric surgery because you have to do it multiple times. But as far as resolving comorbidities, appetite problems, inflammatory processes going on, it's the only one that I have found that's even equivalent. So all the other cleanses are, are not going to be as good and not give you as good of the result, but it depends on what the result is. If you're eating horrible and junk food and processed food, any types of cleaner eating is going to be better than what you were eating. So then that's going to be a plus, right? So I don't want to discount that because I've heard of greens, you know, kale, uh, you know, one of my nutritionists liked kind of a greener diet where they just did all raw vegetables. That's not horrible as a cleanse. That's a good cleanse, you know, and that'll obviously make some changes. And I think you'll feel better with that one too. But the ones that are not going to be good are the ones packed with sugar. A lot of these pre-made meals 
um, that come from companies if you read the actual ingredients. So you need to invest in nutrition label reading. Um, they're not good for you. They're packed with sugar and sweeteners and yeah, they're lower calorie, right? Each bottle, if you have to have four bottles a day or whatever it is, is lower calorie, but that's not necessarily best at from a metabolic level. So you'll lose the weight because you're just taking in lower calories. So that's why you lost the weight. But at the metabolic level, all those artificial sweeteners and they're actually making you worse. So again, that's not something that I would recommend. Look at the sugar content of these quote unquote cleanses or fast. Um, look at what's in them and then kind of make, talk to your doctor and then make a decision yourself on what's going to be best. The other one I wanted to mention is the colonic cleanse. I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know that much about that one. I have several patients who wanted to do that one. Um, I still will compare that with the Prolon any day. If you want to go and get a colonic cleanse, you go right ahead. But I still would recommend um, the Prolon because whatever GI issues that you have, the Prolon will can 100% reset that. And there's data kind of backing that up. The colonic cleanse, I think, is a little bit gimmicky. And like I said, I've actually had to, I've had patients request, I prescribe that for them. But I'm, I, don't, I don't medically see where that helps people, actually, you know, with some of those issues. Um, and that's kind of to sum it up. So do I believe certain cleanses can help? I do think they can help with kind of a reset, um, especially if you are eating poorly, a lot of processed food, going to a more cleaner um, diet for a week, I think can definitely jumpstart you in whatever direction that you're looking to go. I would just make sure it's raw, plant-based. I stand behind the Prolon as an MD because it's FDA approved, approved and there's a lot of clinical data backing it up as far as one of the best resets. And I, I would compare it as far as resolving medical problems, if you do it as the prescribed method um, to a, a surgery. Um, as far as fasting, I think there is, um, that fasting does help, right? When you compare to not doing anything, there are some benefits to fasting. Which one is gonna be the best? I personally prefer just doing a lower calorie diet but there are people where the alternate day has worked better for them. And again, it depends on their lifestyle and their, and their, their body. But you just got to be careful on those feast, quote unquote, days not to overdo it and eat bad. So the goal would be to eat more, but still eat healthy. You know, don't just go eat all this processed junk food because it's a feast day. If you want to be able to eat more calories instead of having two or three liquid meals or soup or whatever's on your calorie restricted day and eat, okay, well now I'm going to have a salad. I'm going to have chicken breast and a vegetable. Now I'm going to have, you know, some fish and some broccoli or something. Then that's fine. But don't go say, okay, now I'm going to go have tortillas and fajitas and Chinese food. You know what I'm saying? On your feast day, you're actually hurting yourself. You're not doing, you're not helping yourself. Um, I've actually had patients who did the alternate day and would gain weight every time they did their feast day just because they weren't doing it right. So just get educated by listening to these podcasts, by talking to your, your um, doctor and, and kind of go from there. 
Thank you again for listening. This is the end of this particular episode. Join us again next episode when we will continue to learn how to become better in our journey of transformation. Don't forget to rate and review, subscribe and download this podcast. And I would love to get your feedback. Go to our Facebook page or our website or look for me personally, Dr. Franchelle Hamilton. Um, Give me topics that you want to talk about. And um, we will continue moving forward with our podcast. Thank you and join me again next time.